the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Hello and welcome to Life in Colorado. Hi, I'm your host, Louis Gonzalez, and uh, with me this week is Jake Dresden, the Metro Denver Director for A Little Help. A Little Help is a nonprofit that connects neighbors to help older adults thrive. Jake, how are you? I'm doing fine, Lewis. Thanks for having me on. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to share a little bit more about what A Little Help is and what we do. Absolutely. And I'm excited to hear about it. And I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Jake, tell us a little bit about yourself and eventually how you came to A Little Help. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, like uh, like you said, uh, my name is Jake Dresden. I am the Metro Denver Director here at A Little Help. Uh, we're a Colorado-based nonprofit. Yeah, I have kind of an interesting backstory with the organization. I uh, have been with the organization for quite a long time, first primarily as a, as a volunteer wow. myself, helping older adults in, in my neighborhood of uh, Washington Park um, and getting to know a lot of those, those people. Uh, I'm also a uh, reformed school teacher and administrator. And uh, the school that I worked for used to partner with a little help to get uh, some of our kids out to do some volunteering. And so uh, when I decided I wanted to do a career change, I I switched over from working with uh, young ones to working with older adults. Um, A lot of people have asked me why I'm avoiding my own age group. uh, And I said, it's it's not intentional. I just uh, happened to be working with people that are of different uh, generations than me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about the founding of A Little Help. Yeah, absolutely. So we're uh, we're a Colorado-based nonprofit. Like I said, I'm, I'm the Metro Denver director. We started actually about a block away from where I live in hmm. East Wash Park close to 18 years ago. Wow. Um, okay. We had some some uh, neighbors in, in that uh in Washington Park that saw a need. And the need was that they had other neighbors that were older adults that uh, needed help around the house. And so they saw this. We can't take full credit for the genesis of this idea. They had had seen this uh, operation in Boston on a trip there, um, uh, a volunteer organization that would help older adults. So they brought it back and started to create their own little grassroots network in Washington Park helping older adults with things like, you know, leaf raking or, uh, you know, rides to the doctor or help with their technology or or anything that, you know, they thought that they could do fairly easily without a lot of training. And so we were called Wash Park Cares back in the day. Um, And as you can imagine, the need was pretty hefty. And so they hired an executive director and we became a little help uh, a couple years later and have grown kind of like wildfire and pretty steadily ever since. Um, and now we serve actually in, in three different locations in Colorado. Um, and I can go over the numbers with you later, but, uh, sure. you know, pretty well established now. 
tell me, what are some of the key services and support that A Little Help provides to older adults in the community? Sure. So as I referenced a little bit in my last comment, um, you know, a lot of the things that we aim to do are things that any human could virtually do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take a lot of training. So uh, I think our sort of key menu of services I mentioned earlier would be transportations one. As you can imagine, a lot of our older adults aren't uh, driving anymore or don't feel comfortable driving. And, you know, the public transportation options, not to badmouth any of them, are fairly limited. Right. So we'll take people to the doctor's appointment uh, or to the bank or to the grocery store or, you know, what they need and kind of door-to-door service. Um, We do a lot of help around the house, indoor and outdoor, primarily outdoor stuff. So keeping people's yards in order, whether that's raking leaves, weeding, trimming bushes, washing windows, doing gutters, you know, things that, that most people can do without without training or a lot of tools. Right. Uh, we do tech support, as I mentioned earlier. So if people want to learn to use FaceTime to talk to their grandkids or want to you know, learn how to use their smartphone more nice. effectively, we have trained volunteers that'll do that. We do dog walking. We do yearly snow shoveling. So we'll match mm. people up to shovel their sidewalks when there's accumulating snow. Sure. Um, and then kind of baked into everything, Luis, is the, the, the connection that we make. And so all of those things require, uh, you know, interaction. And we do have a whole program called Care Calls and Visits where people, older adults, members of ours might just be lonely or isolated and want somebody to, to visit or talk to. Um, so those are kind of the key components and things that we do. There are, there are you know, other things that we'll consider, but that's sort of our, our bread and butter. And uh, how would a senior adult uh, apply or sign up for a little help? So we we actually have a fairly extensive process to make sure that the older adults that reach out to us are a good fit. You know, we don't want to bring people on that, you know, won't get service because of where they live or what they're asking for. So, you know, they'll call in. We have a a whole staff of people that are our member side. So they'll have an initial conversation Make sure they're a good fit. If they're not a good fit, we try to give them referrals to other organizations we work with. But if they yeah. are, you know, we'll bring them on. And then we do uh, what we call a warm welcome visit where like a high-level volunteer or a staff member will go for a house visit just to get to know them a little better and, and make sure we can serve them well. And once all that's copacetic and, and is a kind of a green light, they will call us and initiate when they have a request that we think we can fulfill. Uh, and then we, we sort of post that request on our website and portal where our volunteers will be able to kind of browse and pick up things that Mm. they want to do. So that's kind of how the process works. I'm speaking today with Jake Dresden, the Metro Denver director for A Little Help, a nonprofit that connects neighbors to help older adults thrive. So uh, can you provide some examples of the reciprocal nature of the connections between volunteers and older adults in A Little Help? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because it's a really important component of what we do. Uh, you know, on the surface, when you see what we do, a lot of people can think, oh, this is kind of transactional. Older adults are just asking for mm. a task to be done. Um, and in some cases, that might be the case. But by and large, uh, you know, I talked about earlier the connection that's made. And, and, you know, our older adults are seeking that connection. But a lot of our volunteers of, of any age, whether they're teenagers or millennials or, you know, middle-aged people like myself or older adults, 
are, are looking to connect with people in their neighborhood to form those connections. So uh, we often find that our volunteers will, you know, come back to us and say, God, that really made me feel good. Uh, hmm. And, you know, I don't have to tell your listeners, but it's pretty proven that volunteering is is great for your health, your mental health, your physical health, your self-esteem. You know, people leave a volunteering opportunity, you know, nine times out of 10 saying, I want to do that again. That made mm. me feel good. Right. Helping people makes people feel good about themselves. So, um, you know, once we get them in the door, a lot of people, you know, stay on for years and years and, and you know, pick up lots of requests. Oh, no, yeah, it's very true. Uh, I've never met a cranky person who says that, uh, you know, they hate helping people, even though they do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, a good point. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's pretty proven. So, <laughs> How does a little help ensure the quality and coordination of its services to meet the diverse needs of older adults? That's, yeah, that's a wonderful question. So basically, you know, a lot of organizations ha- have sort of just digital ways to interact mm. with, uh, you know, with people and connect them. We've kind of uh, we we may move in that direction in the future, but uh, at this point we still are very human based. Okay. So when uh, an older adult calls in with a request, they're frequently speaking to one of our staff members who they already know, mm. and so they have that relationship form. They can speak the language and explain to them exactly what it is that they need, right? So that we can market that opportunity, that volunteer opportunity, properly to our volunteers. So our volunteers can go through and say, you know what, I really just want to make a care call, or I just like getting my hands dirty. I love gardening. Mm. Or what I, I'm not in that position right now. I've got a bad hip, uh, but I can drive somebody to a doctor's appointment. So they get to volunteers really get to choose okay. what it is that they want to do. And when they find that opportunity, they accept it. And then they reach out to that older adult who's posted that request to introduce themselves and figure out you know, when and where that's going to take place. And with the exception, I should say, of pretty much of rides to like doctor's appointments, almost everything is pretty flexible. Okay. So volunteers, you know, can say, I'm free to come help you in your yard on Saturday, or I don't work mm. on Wednesday afternoon, right. I can come then. And so they kind of have that back and forth and try to figure out what works for both sides. Now, you said earlier that you've been with the organization for quite some time. Can you tell us about the impact a little help has had on the lives of the nearly 2,000 older adults it's served since its founding? Sure. Yeah, and I can, you know, I'll just use personal anecdotes here. Um, you know, I, I've been a volunteer for about 10 years with my wife and kids, and they still volunteer today, even though I'm on staff. But uh, I've been on staff for about three and a half years. Um, and, you know, as my experience as a volunteer, you know, we've met some people in our neighborhoods that uh, have been long-term Little Help members, three ladies that actually all almost reached their 100-year mark living in their homes by themselves with a lot of the help mm. from a Little Help. Right. Um, and they were really part of our family, so to speak. And we really feel like a Little Help creates that extended family and, and people just get to know each other. A lot of the stuff that they request kind of goes through a little help, but we also know that people are just going to become friends as a result of a little help mm. and visit with each other and, and, you know, invite each other over for holidays or what have you, because people these days, as I don't have to tell you are scattered. Sure. Uh, families don't always live uh, in the same vicinity as the older adults um, that are part of their crew. And so, you know, we play that role too. And 
we get so many letters. The best part of our job is the letters that we get or the thank you phone calls mm. saying yeah. this person came out and they really brightened my day and they also made my yard look good or they right. also, you know, changed out my furnace filter or did whatever. So in addition to all that, you know, we also save them money because, you know, it's uh, it's expensive to live in Denver and, yeah. you know, the money on those services is another added benefit. So tell me what uh, what kind of uh, training or support is provided to uh, the volunteers to ensure that they can effectively assist older adults with various tasks and needs? Yeah, so there's a, a variety of ways. You know, we have, uh, and I was just going to share, this is maybe a good time to share our numbers with you. We, right. we have close to 2,000 older adult members who are hmm. part of our network, okay. um, people that can put in requests, and we have close to 4,000 volunteers. And those volunteers go through a process like our members where they fill out an application uh, they are background checked, so we make sure that there, you know, is a level of security we have. Sure. And then once that happens, we send them basically a whole bunch of materials that uh, help them understand what to expect if they don't have a lot of experience working with older adults, or you know, kind of the the FAQs and all that type of stuff. Right. And then we hold, you know, frequent optional trainings for volunteers, so they can, you know, ask questions. We have volunteer only events. Like I had a coffee yesterday. Uh, up in Northwest Denver, where a bunch of volunteers came to ask questions and kind of form their own little group so that they could, you know, ask each other questions about some of the experiences they had. So right. a lot of it happens organically, but then there's also plenty of resources here uh, for volunteers if they want to reach out directly to us. I should mention as well, we've got a full-time volunteer coordinator. Her name is Catherine. So if people are interested, they can reach out to her and, uh, you know, just visit our website and uh, we're easy to find. So tell me, in what ways does a little help promote social interaction and combat loneliness among older adults through care calls and friendly visits? Yeah, I mean that's you. You've got some great questions. I you should we should uh, we should hire you to be part of the the staff over here if you have some free time. <laughs> um, realistically, like I said earlier, everything uh, involves some sort of connection. But uh, you know those care calls and visits are particularly for people, either volunteers or older adults who are looking for that. That's mm -hmm. what they want. Right. Um, in addition to that, we do have uh, events throughout the year where volunteers and members can gather um, to kind of interact on a larger scale and kind of meet the, the broader community. Uh, we just had a summer picnic where about 75 folks showed up and it was a cross section. Oh. We had little, little kids running around playing cornhole. We <laughs> had uh, teenagers, we had young adults all the way up to people in their nineties. And we just met at a park and, uh, you know, had good food and drink and, and got to know each other. And so, you know, that's, that's really at the heart of a little help is, is trying to make sure that people that are lonely aren't lonely or isolated right. and we're an option for them. I'm here with Jake Dresden, the Metro Denver Director for A Little Help, nonprofit that connects neighbors to help older adults thrive. So um, are there any plans for future expansion or introduction of new initiatives at A Little Help? Yeah, that's a great, another great question. Um, and actually kind of a tricky one to answer. I will start by saying, you know, when people hear about us, uh, you know, in different parts of the state where we don't have a presence, they mm. they frequently reach out and say, "Hey, can we can you bring a little help to my town, Gunnison, mm. or to you know Montrose, or or what have you?" And as as much as we'd like to say, "Yeah, sure," it, it's a lot more involved in that because there are a lot of steps that we have to take to make sure that a uh, you know expansion makes sense, whether it's 
We have to have funding. Right. Uh, we have a volunteer base. We have to have an older adult base. We have to have all those things. So, you know, there's an internal process we go through to make sure that, uh, you know, a place is a good fit. I will say, uh, you know, our newest location is Grand Junction and mm -hmm. the Western Slope and the Grand Valley. And so we've launched there about a year ago and have been making really steady strides out in that neck of the woods uh, to help older adults and connect them with volunteers. Uh, our second uh, uh, newest operation is, is kind of our northern Colorado branch, which is really well established. We serve Fort Collins all the way down to Berthoud on the I-25 corridor, uh, which includes Loveland. And we have a uh, two staff members up there that are full time that you yeah. know are spreading the word. Um, we plan to kind of move east uh, into kind of Weld County in the near future here, and have done some introductory events up there. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're always kind of on the the lookout to see if a, a place is a good fit. Um, and as I said earlier, not every place is a good fit, but uh, we kind of keep our eyes and ears open. So, yeah, so that's a. Uh, we we don't just so you know we don't operate outside the state. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I will. I, this is a good opportunity for me to just explain to you too. As I said at the very onset of the interview, we did not start this concept, mm -hmm. and so uh, the founders of a little help saw this in action back east in Boston. Mm. Um, and the name of a an organization like ours that connects volunteers to older adults is called a village, and so. There is a national consortium called the Village to Village Network. If people have older adults in their family or in their network that think might benefit from this, if they Google Village to Village Network, right. there's there's a map function where they can punch in a zip code and see the organizations that are like a little help that exist throughout the country and reach out to them and see if they're a good fit for, for volunteering or for service. So, um Good, you know, people should should look at that and see if uh, there are other places that uh, they could get involved with. That's great. So, yeah. uh, so since you're pairing, you know, one would assume a much younger person with a senior adult. How does a little help ensure the safety and well-being of both the older adults and the volunteers involved in its programs? Yeah. So, as I mentioned earlier, part of our volunteer process um, is that background check. And so, you know, we partner with an organization that that does that to make sure that the people that are going to be visiting the older adults in their homes or taking them on a ride or what have you, right. uh, you know, don't have a record. Um, and we also collect if they're going to be doing any driving, we collect all of their their driving information, uh, you know, insurance uh, record and all of that good stuff. And sure. so. Uh, that's kind of the first line of defense. And then, you know, we do our best to, to reach out to those people uh, on a regular basis with our communications to let them know kind of what's going on and to kind of keep them apprised of our older adult needs. Uh, and like I said, we send them a whole sort of suite of things that kind of explains what it's like to be working with an older adult if they don't have um, that experience. Um, so there are kind of a variety of methods uh, for us to kind of train our volunteers um, and bring them along. Um, but I will say too, you know, volunteering for us is it's really important for us to be volunteer friendly and and we don't have a quota. So like if a new volunteer comes on, we don't say, you know, we want you to do a minimum of three things a month. Okay. Some people do one thing a year because they're very busy. Some people do one thing a week, one thing a month. Um, we also have big events throughout the year that are volunteer events um, that we have, you know, four or 500 volunteers 
come out on a Saturday afternoon. And so that's another way for us to kind of interact with those people and, and let them know kind of our expectations. Ah, makes sense. So how does yeah. A, yeah, so how does a little help engage with the wider community and build partnerships to further support its mission? Yeah, well, another great question. So that's one of my main roles as, as the director is to kind of spread the word like I'm doing right now, but right. also to kind of find other people that are in the aging space so that we can partner and also so we're not duplicating resources. So we work with a whole host of partnerships, um, you know, other government um, partners, like specifically I'll, I'll shout out Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Governments, okay. who's a big supporter of ours and also does a lot in the aging space, um, to also sort of more local municipalities, whether that's in Jeffco uh, or Arapahoe County or what have you, we work throughout the metro area with those people. But I also want to mention, you know, I've been talking a lot about this sort of individual volunteer to individual volunteer, but we also have a lot of group projects, whether that's corporate groups, schools, faith-based organizations. We're a very big tent. And so if those folks come to us and say, we want to plan an event, um, we work together with them to kind of concierge an event, whether that's a yard work event. We have another project called Kindness Kits, where people put together a whole bag of goodies and mm. deliver them to our members that are particularly isolated as a surprise. And okay. so that creates a ton of goodwill. Um, so, you know, there's that. And we also do, you know, monthly seminars with experts on aging that we gather mm. for, you know, a Zoom, uh, whether that's, you know, talking about when to give up the keys or the benefits of having a pet or, you know, this, that, or the other things that we think our older adult community would like. And we, you know, also do a lot of advocacy uh, with government officials to to kind of consider the issues that, that face older adults today. And so mm. we, try to, we try to have our hands in all those cookie jars, not to be annoying, but just to make sure that, you know, their voice is being heard. So for our listeners out there who may be saying to themselves, oh, wow, I'd really love to help, or... Hey, I'd love some help. Uh, how yeah. would they be able to do that? So I think honestly, the easiest way is to visit our website, which is uh, a littlehelp.org. And when you land on the, the the page, the main page there, there are different little buttons that you can click to find out more about specifically kind of the volunteer experience or the member experience or the donor experience, if that's how you want to support us financially. Um, and then they'll have links to the applications. If you happen to get on that site and you feel like you want more information, I would say to call our main number, um, which is 720-242-9032. And I can repeat that later if, if need be. Sure. Um, and, you know, kind of just explain what it is you're interested in doing, whether it's, you know, receiving service or providing service. I will mention, too, Luis, that uh, we have a lot of people that are that fit into both of those categories. They might be receiving a little bit of service because they can't shovel their snow, right. but they could provide a ride. And so they're both a volunteer and a member at the same time. So oh, okay. you, don't often, you don't have to say, I'm just going to do this. In some cases, especially if you're over 55, which is mm -hmm. kind of our general cutoff for older adults, um, you could do both if, uh, if you want. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the story, I would say. And, and, you know, you can also reach out to us individually. All of our bios are on the website if you want to talk to me. 
You yeah. can find out how to reach me directly or if you want to talk to our volunteer coordinator, or our member coordinator, all that's on there. Um, but if if all that fails and you don't have Internet access or the website's not working, just call our main line and uh, tell us who you are and we'll call you back. So tell me, how does a little help address the unique needs and challenges faced by older adults from diverse backgrounds or with specific health conditions? Yeah, so uh, that's a – we. <laughs> I don't know how much time we have, but we're we're basically always keeping our ears to the ground okay. um, with our membership to kind of hear what it is that they might be uh, tasked with or challenged with, whether that's right. a volunteer or a member. So we send out kind of yearly surveys to those folks to kind of ask them about their experience mm-hmm. um, and tell us, you know, what types of things they might need that we're not offering or if a little help's been helpful or the process works for them or not. Um, and so we take all that information, that anecdotal feedback, um, and, and then try to, you know, be as nimble as we can mm. to provide those services. Um, and then just, you know, to be as present as possible in the community with those partners I talked about, because a lot of those folks may be working with people a little bit more directly or more frequently. And so right. kind of hearing from them. So we, I serve on lots of local councils, aging councils to kind of you know, hear from other people what's going on and share what, what we're doing. So um, it's always uh, an evolving process. I wouldn't say it's very static. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we just try to listen. All right. Why don't you go ahead and give out that website and phone number out again? Yeah, sure. So the website is just a littlehelp.org. Um, and so once you load, you find out, you land on that page, you'll kind of see all those different routes that you can take to find out more about specific uh, aspects of our community. And then the phone number, the main line is 720-242-9032. Um, and if you are interested in volunteering, you might, you know, just drop the name Catherine, who is our volunteer coordinator, so it'll get routed to her more quickly. Uh, and if you're calling for member uh, services, just say that that's what you're interested because in, we have actually a whole host of folks that kind of do that. All right, I've been speaking today with Jake Dresden, the Metro Denver Director for A Little Help. Uh, Thank you so much for your time and all that you do and for being a part of life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.